Hey guys, on this episode, I'm chatting with my friend Amber Miller from A Life Not Wasted. So if you want to hear another inspiring story on what it took her to get sober, you're definitely not going to want to miss this episode. And make sure you stick around until the end of the show because I have a special bonus giveaway for you. When we recover, we are returning to a normal state of health, mind, or strength. We begin the process of regaining control over something that was lost. Welcome to the Road Beyond Recovery podcast, and my name is Tamar, your host. Have you ever felt like you were meant for more? Well, I help people discover their purpose so they can follow their passion and realize what they are truly capable of. My mission is to empower people in recovery to embrace their authentic selves, live up to their true potential, and answer the question, what lies beyond recovery for you? What's going on, guys? Thank you so much for joining me on another episode of the Road Beyond Recovery podcast. I have really enjoyed this new format, just speaking to people, sharing their stories. I've got a ton of amazing interviews coming up for you guys, so make sure you stay tuned. And remember, I'm live Monday and Thursdays now, so you get a double dose. Next week, we're going to go back to a solo episode where I'm going to talk to you a little bit about resentments and how they have definitely, um, you know, could have potentially put me back into relapse mode had I not been careful. But before we get into today's episode, I just want to remind you, if you feel like you're meant for more, and you just feel this burning desire inside of you to do something more, but you don't know what that more looks like, you're in the right place. I have a Purpose to Empowerment live weekly webinar. You are more than welcome to join me. This is free. I run it every week. I shift the times around a little bit to try and accommodate everybody's schedule. So if you'd like to join me, you can head on over to www.theroadforward.ca slash purpose dash empowerment, or it's also on the first page if you scroll halfway down. You can join me. It is a live interactive workshop, so you'll get to ask questions. Space is limited, so make sure you save your seat today. As I mentioned, on today's episode, we have another amazing guest, Amber Miller, founder of A Life Not Wasted. Now, Amber and I were in a workshop together for six weeks last year. And, you know, I remember she was, you know, fairly new sober. Um, She was starting to discover that purpose of really wanting to help people for a living. And she just had this desire to go for it. And it was actually amazing the progress she had made. Once she had made that decision, you know, and started to really talk openly about her recovery, you know, telling her story, she started to attract people into her world and that needed to hear that, right? And, um, you know, now she gets to help other people as well, um, get sober. She does masterminds and all this kind of stuff, and she's doing amazing things. I mean, the progress that she made in such a short period of time was absolutely incredible. So today you're going to get to hear her story why she finally decided she needed to get sober, and then what life looks like for her today. So I hope you enjoy today's episode. 
Welcome back, everybody. I am hanging out today with my friend Amber Miller, founder of A Life Not Wasted. How are you? I am fabulous, Tamar. How are you? I am doing great. We probably spent about, what, a half an hour just chit-chatting beforehand, and we just discussed that we probably should have recorded it because I'm sure there was some amazing nuggets in there that everybody would have liked to hear, but they'll just have to wait till next time. So <laughs> there will be a next time. There is going to be. We're actually planning probably a quarterly coffee chat where you guys can kind of listen into our conversation about changing the world and making things right. So you'll have to stay tuned for that. Yeah. <laughs> so why don't you tell us about yourself and what led you into or down the path of addiction? All right. So I guess I will start back from the beginning, even before I was born. Um, my grandmother was an alcoholic and she had my mom when she was 40 years old and she was not able to properly care for my mom. And so from four to 14, my mom was in foster care during the seventies. Um, you know, like foster care wasn't good then she was verbally sexually physically abused um all of the things and at 14 she went back to live with my grandma and you know a couple of years down the road then she gets pregnant with me and she did the most amazing job that she could to give me the life that she never had um I, I am so very thankful for that, but unfortunately she was not able to heal from the trauma of her childhood. And so that carried into my childhood. And so I grew up with parents that drank on the weekends, um, you know, and there was a lot of chaos that followed that as it usually does. And so when I got to be a teenager, monkey see, monkey do, and I started to drink. I'm from the Midwest, and that is what everybody around here does, is we drink, and we start as teenagers. And I was, I had two jobs in high school. I worked about 30 hours a week. I was principal's honor roll, and so I felt that if I could do all of those things that I I could unwind just like anybody else. And, um, you know, alcohol, that adds the fun, or so they say. And um, it actually led to a lot of shit in my life. Um, I, when I was 22 then, my mom passed away from alcohol. She was 44. And then, you know, I remember when she passed away that I was thinking somebody else has got to change this. Like, you know, somebody else needs to help people. There, there are laws that needed to be changed. Like somebody else needs to do that. Not me. Um, and so I continue to drink and like, I always wondered why my mom had to pass so early. And, and it really wasn't until like, um, a day last year that I had a high school classmate that was um, pretty much at rock bottom. And um, when I spoke to her mom, I felt like I was looking in the mirror of me 10 years earlier. And I'm like, okay, this is why this had to happen because I need to help these people. And it was really in that moment that I decided like, 
if I didn't quit, then this was going to be my life too. And, and so it was in that moment that I decided that I wanted to break the mold, that I wasn't going to put this on my two young children, that they had to carry this weight with them. And so really now it's become about me. I'm the one that needs to change the laws and, and the way that we look at addiction and recovery and everything like that. Um, and, and so that's just kind of progressed. And so now in December, I celebrated a year of being alcohol free. And I mean, all of the things that have unraveled since then and the curtain like being you know, pulled back, like I have to share this with anybody that's willing to listen because they need to know how good this feels. You're so right. And you nailed it there. I mean, it's, I used to think when I got sober, I'm like, man, life's going to be so boring now. Like, what am I going to do for fun? How am I going to hide my emotions? Right? Because I'd never learned how to deal with anything. Now, I know for myself in my drinking career, because it definitely was a career, a long term career. Um, I had tried to stop so many times, or I had tried to do things like switching from hard alcohol to beer and only drinking on certain days. Did you do a lot of that stuff too? Because <laughs> I, th- I find that is so common and people think, well, I don't, I don't drink hard alcohol anymore, so I can't be an alcoholic. Right. Well, I mean, we feed ourselves all of these bullshit excuses about why we're not alcoholics. And, and the reason, like, I felt like a hypocrite, like all throughout my twenties. And like, even when I went to help my classmate, because I was still drinking yet, I was telling people that, you know, they shouldn't drink. And I would sit on the bar stool with one of my guy friends and I would talk about how we're going to wake up and change the world. And, you know, the next morning it gets here and I'm hungover as fuck. But, um, by the way, I'm not sure if I can swear or not, but that's what I do. (laughs) Uh, that's me. And um, so it's interesting. So two months prior to me actually quitting, I did Sober October. And um, I did that with willpower. And that month was extremely hard for me. Like I went to two concerts and that's my birthday month. And normally I party for six weeks straight, like when it's my birthday, like I'm that person, I'm going to celebrate my birthday all the time. And so I had, I did it and it was super, super hard. And then I totally made up for it in, in, um, November. And so it really wasn't until December, you know, got here and of 2019 and, you know, it was just the certain events that had led up to that point in my life that it was like, okay, like, I don't want this to be my story anymore. Like, I don't want to live this way. There are other people out there. And so, um, you know, I had did the things I had switched from liquor to white claw and, and that was my jam and here white claws 5%. So as much as, you know, Budweiser and, and I was not getting any less drunk off of white claw, (laughs) like I could do it. And so, um, you know, it was just navigating through all of that and um, calling myself out on my excuses and knowing that I wanted 
to do better and and here we are and you know it's i was thinking about you know when you quit a lot of people you talk about uh, october when you gave it up for a month and it's really hard to get through things <laughs> i notice a lot of people do dry january and it's interesting people who do it you can tell people who do it just for health reasons that they're like you know what i just don't want to drink for the month and then you could tell people who legitimately should probably do it and they can't wait to drink again february 1st and i used to be like that and people always ask me well how do you know that you have a problem and what i've come to realize is that people who don't have a problem with alcohol don't even think about it. They just choose to not have a drink. They don't announce it. They don't have to do bets. They don't have to go a month without it. They just don't drink. But I had to tell everybody, I'm going to go a month. And I couldn't even go a month. Like I'd have cheat days in there. But I'd have to tell everybody because it's all I thought about. Yeah. And, And so the thing about that is like when I actually did make the decision to quit, Um, I waited like three months before I told anybody because I had already said 8 million times before that I was going to quit drinking and, you know, like people laughed in my face. My brother laughed in my face. And I think at one point he bet me like a hundred dollars that I couldn't go like three months. And and I really should have collected on that, but like it was three months. And here's the other part is that like when a woman quits drinking, people automatically assume she's pregnant. And it's like, can we just stop doing that already? Like, why is it such a big deal if people want to take a break from this poison? And so for me, like that sober October was super difficult. And then there were certain events, you know, that had happened that led up to this point in November and December. And so um, there was a book that helped me quit. It was um, Alan Carr's The Easy Way to Quit Drinking. And I remember having that book for a couple of weeks and not reading it because I was afraid that I was going to quit drinking if I read that book. And so I was letting this fear control me because I was like, what am I going to do? Like, am I going to lose all of my friends? Um, Am I still going to be hilarious and good looking? And it's like, all of these things were just bull crap because like, I have more friends and more quality relationships than I did prior. Um, I'm more present for my kids. Like I'm having a freaking blast and it's just like, we let this fear control us. And so really for me reading that book, it was literally a mindset flip. It was literally like I shut off the lights because after that, like I don't have cravings anymore. I have an awareness of um, situations that I'm in that I'm like, oh, I would have drank during this situation, but it's not even like a craving. And and I know that's not going to be true for everybody, but once I made that mindset flip, like that's when everything in my world changed. And so now I'm working on the health you know, like continuing that health journey and like, how can I make this flip on, you know, my relationship with food and, and create a good relationship there and, and exercise. And then, so it just keeps building on and, and life just keeps getting better. So that's why I've got to tell everybody. A hundred percent agree. So I remember, I think I met you, what, I think you were maybe three months sober and what a difference. Like, I mean, I've seen you, I see you, saw you really make that jump and now make another huge jump. But 
what were those first few months like for you? Because I remember like I did not want to admit that I had a problem because my ego was just so big. And I was like, I don't belong with these people. Like I was not homeless. I was not drinking out of a brown paper bag. And I had some pretty shameful moments, right? That I'm, I don't regret now, but I mean, I would compare myself and I wouldn't admit I had a problem because I always looked at myself as better than, and I, I was, you know, the classy drunk, right? But yeah. not at all. <laughs> right. So it was and very humbling. Tell ourselves. Exactly. And it was very humbling the first few months. What was it like for you when you got sober? So my first three to four months were actually like super difficult in a different way because all of a sudden I had this like flood of shame and guilt of the things that I had put my family and friends, the people that I loved the most through. And um, it it is a daily process of me forgiving myself um, and, and really working through that. But, you know, the best way to apologize is changed behavior. And um, my other half, he's been with me for 15 years and he's been through the worst of it. And I tell him on a frequent basis that I was an investment and the best is yet to come. And thank you for hanging in there with me. Like, I promise this is going to be good. <laughs> like, I'm going to do the things. And um, now basically, like, I just want to spend the rest of my life, like, you know, like doing things for the both of us. Like when I drank, I was so unbelievably selfish and, and so that's where all of the shame and the guilt comes from. And, you know, like I, I never even understood the reasons why I was drinking and like why it had this death grip on me. And, and it really wasn't until like I peeled back the layers and really got to the core. And it's like, who am I on the inside? And, and, you know, like, who do I want to be? And, and how do I want to live my life? Um, and so, yeah, those, those first couple of months were, were something, but like now I'm just surrounding myself with the right people and nobody gives a crap what you did yesterday. Like the people that I surround myself with now, it's like, who do you want to be tomorrow? And what are you doing about it today to get there? And I'm like, Hell yeah. Like I'm excited. I'm not hungover. Like let's do this. So yeah, it's, it's, it's the process and everybody's going to do it differently, but you don't got to do it alone. No, exactly. And you know, I love what you said about hanging out with the right people because my world has just opened way up. Like I really, I think one of the scariest things for me is because I had grown so accustomed to the world I was living in that I truly thought that those people were my friends. And I soon learned like within that first year that I was like, they don't really care all that much about me because if I'm not drinking, I'm not as fun to them apparently, right? Yeah. And so, but it opened the door to all these amazing people now though, that, you know, you and I were talking about it earlier. It just, it blows me away some days. Mm -hmm. Like you just, it's surreal. The people you meet 
in recovery and how many different ways there's to recover, but we all have one thing in common, right? We had something we could not control in our lives and we've broke free from that. Now we have to be mindful not to go back there, but I know with me, I always felt like I had a bigger purpose in life. I just didn't know what that was. I'm assuming you felt the same way. Oh, like that was one of the things like, so um, my mom, like when I was a young girl, like she has always told me from as early as I can remember that I was going to do big things. And she would also tell me that I was wise beyond my years. And, you know, as a young girl, like, of course, I'm going to roll my eyes. Like, what the hell is my mom talking about? Like, but, you know, she was, I was going to do big things. And, and so now I understand like what those big things are. Like, I understand why she had to pass early. I understand why. I had to go through all of the crap that I did to get me to this point, because now I need to throw down the rope to everybody else. And the thing is, is like, I don't judge other people when they're drinking. Like, I don't really care, but like, I feel for people that are stuck in that way. And there's a lot of people I know and that I am, I love and they're going to go their entire lives, you know, drinking every weekend and, and not knowing what this feels like. And, and that makes me hurt. Um, and, and so the best thing that I can do is just lead by example. And if they want to get on my train, choo-choo, I'll show you the way. But like, that's that's all I can do. Like we don't have control over anybody else. We only have control over ourselves. So people need to own that and take responsibility because if if you're not happy, nobody else is coming to save you. Nobody else is coming to fix that. And it really took getting honest with myself to get there. Like we don't like to face the ugly parts of ourselves. Um, but once you do, that's where the healing can start. And it's like, okay, drinking really isn't doing anything for me. Like I want to travel, like I want to build a house out in the country and, you know, have a little hobby farm and, and like drinking was just had this curtain in front of me and it was preventing me from doing all of the things. So now that I've pulled that back, I don't feel like a hypocrite when I'm helping other people. And, you know, my mission is to show other people that if a train wreck like me can change her life around, then seriously, anybody can. And, um, you know, it is, it's super awesome to surround myself with people like you and in the people that we know. And it's just, there are people out there that are changing the world. And like, I want to be with the dreamers and the doers. And I don't want to be, you know, Netflix and chill because I got shit to do and people to impact. So I'm just going to keep going with it. Good. I, I know you will. And, you know, it's, I think overachiever because I mean, we were overachievers in addiction, you know, and, and <laughs> you and I talked about this, that, you know, we put 
so much energy into getting loaded like so much i would steal i would i would roll pennies in my early teens like who rolls pennies just to get a six pack of beer and that didn't even do anything but i went through so many extremes to get drunk that mm -hmm. i realized and what i'm really passionate about today is helping people find that spark and that their yeah. purpose in life because if you harness that energy right because i think most people i can say that i've met that have come into recovery from addiction we're go-getters we're overachievers yeah. and mm -hmm. we're probably some of the best people to become entrepreneurs and help yeah. other people change their lives absolutely yeah um it took somebody else seeing the little spark in me and me borrowing their energy to to believe in myself that I could do this and you know that I could have a better life and so now it's like when I'm talking to other people and women especially like I tell them like I want to pour gasoline on their flame like I want to light that shit up and um I want to get them to believe in themselves and and do things that they never thought they could do because that's going to, it's going to have a ripple effect and it's going to raise the vibration of the earth and like what better way to live. Oh, totally. So what does living your purpose look like for you today? Uh, like, it goes in a different direction every day, but <laughs> like, for me, living my purpose is to help women see their worth. Um, women are walking around and they're just talking shit to themselves all day long. And they're putting on this happy face for everybody else. And they're not taking care of number one. And they think that, you know, they're the master of disguise and that nobody knows, but there is a clear distinction between pretending to be happy and actually shining from the inside out and lighting up every person that you come in contact with. And so for me, living that purpose is, is getting women to do the things that they never thought that they could do. Um, whether that be quit drinking, smoking, get their finances together. So, you know, that they're dependable on themselves and to just get them to feel worthy of living an amazing life. And, you know, ultimately, um, my, my goal is to open a state of the art recovery center, um, and do things like, uh, meditation and, you know, all of the goal setting around it. Like I want people to walk out of that recovery center with that, that fire just burning, like that they don't want any of the previous crap that they had. Like they've got this new addiction and it's self-development and it's becoming their best selves. And, and so that's become my life's mission. And I love what you say, new addiction, because yeah. I feel like I, I, this morning I woke up at three 30, my alarm usually goes off at around four. And I'm like, awesome, half an hour more to do what I love. And most mm -hmm. people would be like, no, nah, I'm going back to bed. And I used to be like that a couple of years ago, but I'm so addicted to what I'm doing and I love it. And it fills my cup. And every night when I go to bed, I have a better sleep because I know I've made some sort of a difference that day. 
And that's, and that's what it's really all about. It's like, you know, a lot of people think that if somebody else is winning, that somebody else is losing. And it doesn't have to be that way. Like my favorite things are win-wins. Like if I can help another woman succeed and raise her up and that's filling my cup at the same time, like maybe I'm being a little selfish that I want to see other women succeed. But like, that's the way my brain thinks. Like we don't have, it doesn't have to be this cutthroat race game. Like we can all rise together. And, you know, like earlier on, you were talking about like how we're the same and things like that. And the thing about it is, is like, there's all this division right now. And, and I'm stuck here in the middle and I'm thinking, okay. And the people that I surround myself with, and, and we're all pretty much the same. We're like, okay, like if we all just work on ourselves and we work to be the best person that we can be, like none of that other crap even matters. But not only that, like we're having conversations, quality conversations at that. And we find out that we are so much more alike than we are different. Yesterday, I was talking to a guy um, in the UK and, you know, he was a former addict as well. And it's just like, we have so much in common and that's how it's going to be. And, you know, if we all just take that pause and listen to somebody else, then then we're gonna realize that. And it's actually interesting. I had somebody um, over Christmas, they asked me if I was mad at them the next day and um, because I wasn't talking as much. And um, I kind of laughed and I said, oh, it's all in your head. I was like, actually, since I've quit drinking, I actually wanna listen a lot more to other people and like, it doesn't always have to be all about me. Like, trust me, I'm still the star of my own show, but like, I am just, I am much more apparent to like what's going on around me and like, how can I help somebody else? Yeah. And I think you do, you learn how to be more present. You learn how to appreciate the people you spend time with because I mean, I remember before it was everybody's on their phones, everybody's doing their own thing. And now- yep you actually get to a point where you you converse with so many different people that you want to listen because you you yeah. can't wait to hear what they have to tell you because it's something that's going to give you this flood of ideas. I don't know yeah. if you're the same, but yes. even with you and I having a conversation, I have all these other ideas that I'm going to walk away from this interview on, right? Happy talk. <laughs> But it's that's what it does. And I love the whole unity thing because we are so divided and everybody's looking at everybody's differences right now. And it's like if we just took the time to listen to each other, we would realize how much we actually all have in common with how we feel like I don't know anybody who doesn't have limiting beliefs about themselves. I mean, even, you know, I don't know if you imposter syndrome, it's something we talk about a lot in this space, but it's yes. like some people are like, you have that seriously? I'm like, all the time. Like, I just yes. finished three workshops and I'm like, oh, am I really doing this? Like, is this going to work? And of course it is. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I, I have freak out moments like on the regular and I'm like, what have I done? I've told everybody that I have quit drinking and now I've put it out there that I'm a life coach. Most of my town doesn't even know what a life coach is. Like um, people are stupid or people are going to think I'm dumb. And, and then 
I have those conversations with people and then it all comes full circle and it's like, this is why I'm doing this because I have women that come up and they tell me like, that was the most raw conversation I've ever had in my life. And these are women that I don't even necessarily know that well, but because I put myself out there, people feel that I'm trustworthy and, and that they can pour into me. And the thing is, is like, we all have our shit stories. Like nobody is, you know, like everybody here has their crap. And it's like, okay, but that crap doesn't have to define you. And you don't have to carry that throughout your whole life. Like you can decide any day of the week. And so it's, it's when I talk to these women and I give them that breath of fresh air and I let them pour out, you know, and, and most of the time there's a lot of tears and it's like, let them out. And so it's like, when I have those moments and I see that I am making that impact, it's like, I got, I still got to keep doing this. Like I have, there's so much healing to do and, and we don't need to walk around with this hurt. Exactly. And you know, it's interesting because I used to have the limiting beliefs because I didn't have education and Mm -hmm. somebody finally stopped me, one of my mentors. And she's like, Tamar, you have 20 plus years of addiction to mm-hmm. everything like not yeah. just alcohol it was drugs it was food it was relationships like anything you could be addicted to I was chances are I was probably addicted to it and yeah. I never realized that and I spent you know almost like a decade helping people now get sober mm-hmm. and I mean I've been doing this coaching thing for a long time and that's what I'm yeah. noticing with people is that I've got so much education and experience around how other people feel and like suicide Mm. thoughts, addiction behaviors, that when they tell me and they open up and say, hey, I need a solution to this, chances are I have it in that 20 years of experience because I've been through Uh it. So I think that's what makes people who are in recovery some of the best coaches and mentors there is because they can share from a really deep place of pain. Absolutely. That's the thing. You know, I I always laugh when I get on the phone with women because they they always start off with, you're going to think I'm crazy. And I'm like, try me. Like, and, and it's like, literally, the words that they come out of their mouth, like, I'm looking in a mirror, like, honey, I was you like, I have these thoughts. I know your fears. Like, I, I know that that dark hole in your heart, like that you were meant for more and that you're not living life according to your values. And, and so it's just really funny that everybody thinks that they're so alone and they're not, because like I said, we have so much more in common than we do, than we do, I guess that we don't. So it's just opening up and, and having those real conversations. And I'm not even like, I don't even want to have like chit chat anymore. Like, tell me your crap. <laughs> like, like, what do you want to do about it? Like, let's move on. And, and, you know, one of my limiting beliefs when I got started in this space was, well, I'm not a therapist, you know, like I don't have any education in this, but like you, like I have real life world experience and 
and I have an energy and a light about me that people have told me for years. So how can I harness this and use it for good? And, you know, like day by day, I just take steps to honor that in, in what I was put on this earth to do. Yeah. And you're doing a fantastic job. So what do you say to someone that comes to you that's struggling with addiction? Like what's the advice you give them? Um, you know, like it just really, we go down to the basics, like, you know, like we talk about the fears of, of quitting and, you know, I try and walk them through that. Like I try and call bull crap on their excuses and, and then really it's about why do you want to quit? Like, because that's going to be the driving factor. And the thing is, is you can't quit for anybody else. I couldn't, my mom couldn't quit for her kids because we were the most important people in her life and she would have walked through fire for us, but yet it ultimately took her life. And, and it's because she wasn't able to love herself enough. And, and so for me, it's, it's, what's your why I couldn't quit for my kids. Like I had to quit for me. What is it that I want out of life? Like, I, I want to do all of these things. And I want to know if the people in the before and after pics of quitting drinking are lying. I want to know if they're that happy or not. Like, I want to know if I can be that happy not drinking. And, and so, yeah, it's, it's really about finding your why. And then just building those, those steps. Okay. Like, what's the first step that you can take going forward? who can you surround yourself with and you know it's it's just being open to the idea and the thing is you don't even have to think about quitting drinking for the long term like because the fact is like I could go downstairs and I could have drinks right now if I wanted to like there's nothing stopping me um but I don't want to because I don't want to give up this feeling and and there's nothing that I think that would warrant me to want to ever feel hungover again um, and, and waste that time and energy because there's, there's stuff to do. And so it's just finding that why and, and getting really clear about what it is in your life, because oftentimes, you know, it's, that's what's stopping you. You are the only person that's stopping you from experience, experiencing that true happiness. Yeah, and I always tell people, create a life for yourself so good that you can't imagine going back to your old way of living. And that's, I mean, it's so spot on. And, yeah. and that's just what it is. And it's like, I look back and I think about the thousands and thousands of dollars <laughs> that I poured down my throat and the pull tabs I played and just all of the garbage. And it's like, oh, take me back time machine. So that way I can invest that money and be living the high life right now. But like, like I said, like I'm, I feel like I'm one of the lucky ones because I figured this out right now and I didn't spend the rest of my life like subjecting myself or my kids or anybody else to that crap. And it could have easily been that way. Like yeah. it, it just, it totally that could still be my life. And um, yeah, ugh, 
it's, <laughs> it's funny you mentioned the money thing because uh, one of the biggest things that used to stop me and because I got complacent, I mean, I, I quit almost nine years ago and I did not spend the last nine years like, you know, doing these amazing things. I built this foundation and then I was like, now what? And I just settled for quite a long time. And mm -hmm. I was always because I always had like this, you know, lack mentality and I'm never going to have enough money. You know, I'd gone bankrupt twice mm -hmm. in my life. I was always afraid to invest in myself, but like, you said, think about how many thousands of dollars you spent in your addiction. And why yeah. don't you even use a small little portion of that to actually invest in something that's going to change your life? Oh, that's, that's like, I think about that on the daily for women and, and you know, for those women that, that take that leap of faith with me and they sign on to be one of my clients, I'm like, your future self is going to thank you because I know what's on the other side of this coaching and I know what I'm going to do for you, you know, and, and these women, like the things, the changes that they're making inside of themselves are huge. And, you know, we spent thousands of dollars to get degrees for jobs that we hate to, you know, spend 40, 50 years working them. We buy cars, we buy the, the drugs, the alcohol, and, and all of these things that don't bring us happiness and, and we'll buy gym memberships and, and we'll hire, you know, financial advisors, but yet we don't, we think the idea of hiring a coach to teach us how to live our lives, like with fire and fulfillment and, and to live a life to be proud of we you know like that idea blows people's minds and and it's just like what are you doing all of the rest of that crap for then because like are you happy like because if you're walking around stressed about money or you hate your job and you gotta go drink it off every weekend like you're not happy like but I can I can show you I can bridge that gap I can show you what your dream life could be like it's just over here and, and let me let me guide you and you know people will freak out about it but the thing is is like i have invested my time and energy to figure this out like over the years and and i'm going to condense it down and what could take you 10 20 years to figure out like i'm going to wrap it up in a 12-week package for you and and we're going to move like that and I'm going to blow your mind. So um, like, I, I do think that this, this is what the world needs right now. Um, it just needs people breathing life into other people. And the thing about it is, is like, if you want to make a, a change in your life, everything you need to know is at your fingertips for free. Mm -hmm. But people don't want to take that responsibility and they don't want to hold themselves accountable. And so that's really like what we're here for is to help people hold themselves accountable, but to walk them through those fears and those self-doubts because they are going to come up and, you know, people are going to be like, I can't do this. And I'm going to say, yes, you can. Like, and let's talk about it and, you know, to just walk them through it. And if I can change the trajectory of somebody's life to where they are, you know, living their most fulfilling life, like, was that worth it? 
Yeah, it was. Yeah, absolutely. I totally agree with you. And you know, I don't think I don't know if a lot of people realize, but most of us coaches have coaches. I have two coaches yeah. that I work with because yep. I too need a yeah. coach so I can learn things to take people to another level, right? So it's yeah. like I'm just a few steps ahead of you. Like, come on, join me. Let's take this journey together. So yeah. it's, it's an amazing feeling. But how can people get a hold of you if they want to learn more, if they want your coaching services, stuff you do? Yeah, absolutely. So um, I am the founder of a group for women called A Life Not Wasted. Um, it's not just for women seeking sobriety. It's for all women that are just looking to make a change in their life. And, um, you know, like they just want a different story. And, and so I, I run that free, um, group. And then I'm also part of a nonprofit called one life fully lived where I am running a recovery mastermind with three other guys to help people in recovery, find their worth and to show them that they can live an amazing life too, because, um, you know, like we didn't just wake up one day like this we we've taken all of the steps and um surrounded ourselves and it, it's been a journey and so like now i'm ready to pay that forward and show other people in recovery that they are worthy of living a bomb ass life too so that's where you can find me excellent well thank you we'll put all your information in the show notes so people can find you and don't worry, Amber will be back on the show because we yes, plan to do this every yes. once in a while so you can get good nuggets and just wait in a few months. We're have gonna we're gonna be able to teach you even more than we know right now. So thank you, thank you so much for being on the show today. Thank you for having me. This was so much fun. I loved it. Well, that was another great story. I it just warms my heart when people are willing to come on the show and share their journey through addiction and into recovery. And, you know, they're not ashamed of it because I know for myself, I used to be ashamed of it. And, you know, not anymore because the more we can share that hope, that inspiration, hopefully the more lives we can touch in a positive way. So thank you, Amber, so much for being on the show. Like I said, we're going to be doing it again. But uh, super grateful to have people like her in my circle and just to keep my recovery strong. Now, I promised you guys a bonus. And currently what I'm doing is I'm giving away a free copy of my first book called Hope Elevated, which shares my own story in addiction. And I decided to do this, even though you can go and buy it on Amazon, I think it's like 15 bucks. I decided that I wanted to spread the message of hope a little bit more. And so I've decided to give away the book for free. So you can go download your copy. If you head on over to my website, it's www.theroadforward.ca slash beyond dash recovery. Again, that was theroadforward.ca forward slash beyond Dash recovery. And of course, I will put a link in the show notes. So go ahead, click on the link and down your, download your free copy of my best-selling book, Hope Elevated. Guys, I hope you have a wonderful few days and I'll see you on the next episode. Thanks for listening to another episode of The Road Beyond Recovery. Did you know that our dreams can become a reality? When you determine your purpose in life and you allow that purpose to guide you, 
Anything is possible, it just takes action. Don't wait until you're ready. Start to create the life you were truly meant to live right now. I am super passionate about my mission to help people live up to their true potential. So if you wanna learn more, check out my website at www.theroadforward.ca. And until next week, keep exploring what lies beyond recovery for you.